0: I'm going to start with the set-aside prayer, God, help me set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Especially help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your truth. Help me drop my rock. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and mercy on me. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's the deal. How are we carrying God's message to each other? Uh, Today, I'm recording this as my uh, sobriety birthday. Um, You can hear my story on the site several times if you can listen to the whole thing. Um, The uh, the thing I thought about this morning was something that just happened. I said, I want to have some joy in my life today. And then who who can I help? And then I come in the room today and we have two birthdays that are very special and I've seen them since day one. And I've seen them change. What could be better than that? Looking around the room, there are a few people I don't know well, but almost everybody here I saw when they came in. And to see the changes has brought me joy. It says we resolutely turn our thoughts to those we can help. Love and tolerance of others is my code. I heard something yesterday that really, I'm gonna, it's helped me a lot. I can love enough to love someone who hates me. Now think about that. I can love enough that I can love someone who hates me. And actually that's what the prayers are. People are spiritually ill. And how can I say these prayers to be free of anger Um, on the day that I gave up, I don't, I don't think it was a voluntary surrender because uh, I didn't plan on surrendering that morning. In fact, I, it was a Wednesday. It was exactly a Wednesday, 21 years ago from this Wednesday. That Sunday, I thought that I'd just go on and die. There was just no way out and. I was thinking about it, and, you know, as I was drinking, I thought about that's just the way it's going to be, right? And then something happened, and it wasn't me, because I didn't plan to surrender that morning. It was God, and it was the hand of God, and he worked in my life to help me see the truth about my situation, that I had a hopeless condition of mind and body, and I had no way to fix it. Now, I don't know if I could have verbalized at that point, but I knew the shit had hit the fan and I was, I was, I was done. I couldn't fix this. And I didn't want to go on anymore the way I was at that moment. Now, why I didn't have that the day before, I don't know. Doesn't make any sense, does it? And that was God. That's what I call the grace of God. I was surrendered. I was I was powerless, and I could see the truth. It says there are those who cannot and will not completely give themselves a simple program. Men and women are constitutionally incapable of seeing the truth about themselves. Now, up until that moment, I was constitutionally incapable of seeing the truth. I just couldn't see it. And it says we either have an alcoholic death or we live a spiritual life, and these are not easy alternatives to face. Well, what does that mean? How can it be not easy? You're either going to die or live a spiritual life. Well, I couldn't face that. I couldn't see it. And so something happened and I asked God to help me. And I like this line in the big book. We we sought the same escape with all the desperation of a drowning man. And I was drowning. I have bad days today, but nothing compared to the way it was. I was completely drowning. And then I did the, I decided to surrender in the third step. I made that decision. And I remember saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Now, I didn't understand what it was, but I was willing to do whatever they said. i follow any instruction, do whatever it takes. And I think I've tried to do that up till today. Whatever it takes today, because I don't want to be disturbed today. And I didn't realize the problem was me. It wasn't them. And the problem wasn't that I was a bad person, but I was managing my life and that was never gonna work. And I didn't understand how self-centered I was. You see, I thought people didn't understand me and, and that they didn't understand my motives were always good and that I was trying really hard. No, no, it wasn't true. And then, people say the best day sober is better than the worst day drug have you ever heard that it's 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 excuse the expression because my son died when i was sober and uh, bad things happen when you're sober now when you're sober without god things are bad and i don't have to have bad days today the only thing that makes my day bad is me and bad is a judgment i'm judging whether something's good or bad. And I've learned in recovery that uh, nothing's good or bad. It's only saying it that makes it so. And I think Shakespeare said that. And in the big book, it says that I can be at peace and serenity, no matter what the circumstances. In other words, my life doesn't depend on circumstances anymore to be happy or sad. It's my relationship with God. God will help me see the circumstances appropriately. Is it that's the St. Francis prayer that's the serenity prayer and then uh, there's one line that really makes sense and to me page 100 I'm actually going to read the whole paragraph if that's okay it is okay because I'm going to do it <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that I ha- don't mention enough on the podcast or at the meeting is that what I need to do every day is drop my rock drop all my old ideas drop all my character defects drop everything that i think i want or know and i have to keep dropping it so every day you have to get up and you wake up and we put the rock on i don't know why we just do it and i have to drop it and it says on page 100 it says my relationship my recovery is not dependent upon people it's dependent upon my relationship with god that's the whole deal Now, how do I get a relationship with God? I do all the work in the first 88 pages. I follow the instructions. It says, both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Must, notice the word. That's what I have to do every day. Walk in the path of spiritual progress. Stay going towards God. Be a God seeker. Seeking to get out of self. Seeking to drop my rock. If I persist, remarkable things will happen. Now, if ever I'm down about anything, let's say if the Chiefs lose tomorrow, uh, which they probably will. When we look back, when I look back today, I realize the things which came to me when I put myself in God's hands were better than anything I could have planned. That is the, that is the greatest promise and it's so true. When I look back, I, I couldn't have imagined the things that would happen. I have peace, I have serenity, I have friends. I have uh, people in this room I've known a long time. Um, And I have a design for living that works. And then it says, if I follow the dictates of God, my higher power, I will presently, that means now, live in a new and wonderful world no matter what the present circumstances. So that means all the time. So if I'm not living in a new and wonderful world, it has to be because I'm not presently Following the dictates of God. And so um, it's been a great journey. Uh, I started this meeting, been doing it a long time, and uh, I've been blessed with so many friends in AA. I- I've tried st- Bible studies and church and formal Bible studies and trying to work with people and blah, blah, blah in church. And it's good, my relationship has grown with God. My knowledge of scripture has grown. But I don't find the same spirit there that I find in an in, in Abraham. And I, I was trying to think why. I think it's because we have a common goal. We have a common peril. We're all seeking to get out of ourselves. We're seeking to try to love each other. Uh, in the Bible studies I go to, there's a lot of feuding and people don't like the way somebody's doing it and this and that. It sounds like an A business meeting. But uh, it's not the same spirit. I don't know if anybody else has experienced that. Uh, I can't. And I think that uh, we have a fellowship of the spirit. And that's what we're seeking. Fellowship of the spirit being with God. And so today we're going to turn to the number one thing that blocks me from that. And we're looking at the four-step instructions that are in the big book. Now, I mentioned the other day that you can find a ton of four-step instructions on the internet. Treatment centers, everybody's got their, their thing, you write, how you do it, this and that. A lot of people think, because in the fifth step, he says, you tell your life story, you don't admit anything. That that's what you do, you confess. But they are talking in the fist that which we're going to get to, that you're going to discuss with someone everything you've done here in the in the inventory of your mind, your thinking of your whole life. What got me to my knees on February eighth? It wasn't alcohol. It was me. And it was my thinking. And that has to be changed or else my sobriety date will. And I don't know how to do that. So they're going to we're looking at our personality. It says at the bottom of 63, the beginning of the instructions of the fourth step, and I'm going to go through this again. Sorry, but it's so important. You say the third step prayer. You make that decision. You're not going to play God anymore. Everybody agree. And that why it's never going to work. But it says I have to launch next right away on a course of vigorous action. The first step of which is a personal house cleaning. Now I will say and people don't get this wrong and write me letters. I don't think it takes a long time to do the first three steps. If you can truly. Constitutionally face the truth about your situation. The first step, if you've lived your first step and you really can see your life is unmanageable and you are powerless to manage your life and powerless over alcohol, how long does that take? Now, a lot of people tell me they take it, but then they're not willing to do any work. So they haven't really taken. They don't have that desperation of a drowning man. And I can't give that to somebody. I think our disease does it. I'm surrendered by the disease, not by my mind. It's not an intellectual surrender, it's hello. I mean, I can't describe it. You have to, I know, I've gone through it, other people have. And so the second step is you're willing to believe that there's something besides you that can help you. It's not a complicated thing. I am a mess. I've, I can't fix this, I'm done. There must be something that can help me. Now, there was no AA when they, when they started this and wrote the steps, but in AA, you can go. I can see Corey today and I know his story and I know God can work. There is a power that's available. So I, I just it just says, are you willing to believe or do you believe? That's all. And it says, once you've done that, you've put the cornerstone and you're on the road. And then the third step is a decision. Stu, there's something wrong with this. uh, uh, The the third is just a decision. Am I going to play God and did it work? Now, they tell you three pages to read how it doesn't work. And selfishness is the root of my problem. And I have to see that it's me. I made decisions based on self that put me in a position to be harmed. My troubles were of my own making. Now you're going to really see that when you do your four step, but you're going to decide that I don't want to play God anymore. It didn't work and I'm going to have a new employer. It's going to be it's going to be God. It's not going to be me. I didn't work for the hospital anymore. I work for God and I serve him and others. And what's my real purpose in AA? What's our real purpose? They don't tell you until page 77. They should put it the first line. My real purpose in AA is to maximally spiritually fit myself to serve God and others. And then you say the third step prayer. And then it says, next, you're going to launch on a course of vigorous action. Why do they want you to do it right away? Because unless you can see the truth about your thinking, you're going to still live with your alcoholic mind You're still going to be full of fear and anger and shame and guilt. You're going to make bad decisions. And then your emotions are going to be negative and you're going to drink. Has that been true for anybody? It's true for all of us. It can be true for me today. The the thing that I think it's probably not going to happen today is because I'm seeking God. And God, and if I know I'm not feeling good, my emotions are wrong today. I know it's me. It's me. I need to ask God to change the way I'm seeing or acting or doing and being. And that works better than alcohol. So it says we're gonna do a personal house cleaning. That's what you do in the fourth step. You don't go and tell everybody all the terrible things you did. Nobody wants to hear it or read it. Right. And like Charlie said, he wrote 150 pages. And he said, I made some poor son of a gun read it. And it didn't help him at all. It doesn't matter what I did in school or blah, blah, blah. It's my mind. What's in my mind that's blocking me from God? And it's the result of living a life around self-will. And it's the result of wrong judgment, which is resentment. Anybody judging wrong? Anybody going to judge wrong today? I'm sure I will. I'm alive. Anybody going to have fear, wrong belief? I will. I'm alive. But I don't have to live on that very long. I don't have to spend more than 10 seconds on that. Now, I've learned tools. Now, I do some days, but I don't have to. Did any of you do any actions that caused you shame and guilt? And you can do them today, but we're looking at our whole life. The manifestations of self will is resentment, fear, and the shame and guilt from the harms we've done to others in relationships. That's all you inventory in the fourth step and you learn prayers. So you can be free of anger whenever it occurs. Anybody think that's a good idea? You could see how your character defects and what you did. <coughs> the cause of resentment it has nothing to do with them. The names don't even matter. doesn't even matter what they did. You're wrong. You're angry. We have fear, wrong belief. I'm bringing something that hasn't happened into my mind because I'm worried it's going to happen because somehow it's going to affect my self-esteem or pride and it's going to affect what I think I need and then I'm living in that future world and God can't exist. And then I don't know about you, but I made reactions that, that decisions out of fear anybody do that. Oh yeah, I better do this and they were always wrong. I mean, I I think they were always wrong. I can't I might think of one today. I'll tell you Wednesday, but I look back and like we had something going on with the house sale. and My wife's all full of fear and then she's getting me all worked up and then oh, we better do this and that. and I said I'm not going to make decisions based on fear. And I didn't, and it's okay. I have to make decisions based on God's will for me. And you'll know when it's God's will for you because you look at your motives. And then I don't want to make any any decisions on my fear or my anger that'll cause me to harm others. I don't have to anymore. And so that's what you inventory in the fourth step. 'Cause if you have a mind full of resentment and fear and shame and guilt, God can't work. Now the fourth step in the beginning is where you're gonna clean out most of the crap. You're not gonna do it perfectly, but you're gonna see it. So the next day when you have crap come into your head, is it okay to say crap? Uh, Corey, is it yeah, okay? Absolutely. All right, you okay. Can raise up uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get crap in our heads and the problem is I believe it. And I don't want to believe it now. And how do I know not to believe it? I don't feel good. And that's the fourth step. We make it so complicated. But if you haven't done it and you haven't done the resentments and you haven't forgiven the people that you're really angry at and seen how you harm them and be willing to make amends, nothing's going to change. You can't go to meetings and, and, and see your thinking. You can't do a personal house cleaning by talking about it. You have to put it on paper. And so uh, they say, uh, I'm on the wrong way. Eh? It says, uh, d- so your decision in step three is vital. You better make that decision and crucial. But it's not going to have any permanent effect unless at once followed by an effort to face and to remove the things that were blocking me from God. If I want God to be my director, I have to face and be rid of the things that are blocking me. And I didn't know that when I came in. I didn't know that when I started. And um, I knew it when I did my fourth step. And you know what helps me? Doing this study. I'm sorry you have to listen to me, but it's helped me a lot because I know this stuff. So I could see the words. I said, uh-oh, Michael. Your problems you're your making, great. You did it again you're in the wrong side of the column you're in the left-hand side you need to be in the right-hand side sure she's the way she is we'll get over it (laughs) and she may get worse you get it and but I don't need to react to her and if guess what when I react well she looks better (laughs) nothing's changed (laughs) but she's better I mean it sounds crazy now she doesn't do that so I continue to look bad but that's okay I'm just teasing, but you see how it works. And it says, liquor's just a symptom. We think we come here not to drink. Well, not drinking is very good for us. Why? Because we can't control how much we drink, and we just are off and running. And we can't stop when you get to the end. But it's a symptom of what? The spiritual illness. It's a symptom of playing God. If you're going to live sober and continue to play God, alcohol's going to become a symptom at some point. So you have to do your four step so you can look at the manifestations of self, sober, running the show, so you can deal with them, so alcohol doesn't have to be the solution. You want a spiritual solution, we have a spiritual problem. It says in this book, it's a line that's missed, it says we have a spiritual illness that only a spiritual experience can conquer. Therapy is not going to do it. It may help you, but it has to be an experience. And this book is designed for me to allow that experience to happen and then continue to do the work so the experience keeps going. And it gets better. I get better at it. My character defects are still there, but I, I, I recognize them quicker. And, and they're never going to go away. And so, hello, Michael. There you go again. I'm going to the food store in a little while. You know what's going to happen. You know. And uh, then I have to go to Best Buy and look at something. You know what's going to happen. And I have to drive, and you know what's going to happen. And then you know how life is. It just doesn't go the way we want it sometimes. But I don't pay attention now anymore. The things that used to bother me, sometimes I don't notice. And I'll see and I'll say, well, that's just the way it is. Isn't that great? And it says, So we had to get down the causes and conditions. That's what you're doing in the fourth step. I'm spending a lot of time on this. Probably not going to get the resentment today because people misunderstand the fourth step. And I don't, I believe, and I could be wrong, that unless you do it this way, the things that are blocking you, you're not going to see. You're not going to learn the tools to be and be rid of them promptly. And then you're going to continue to have the same alcoholic emotions sober, and then you drink. People don't drink because they're bad people. They drink because they're spiritually ill, living a life on self-will, and their emotions build up, and their mind says, get a drink. At certain times, you cannot recall the humiliation defeat of even a moment ago. We have no defense against the first drink. And when you're separated from God and you're living in self, you have no defense. And so that's why I, I believe in this so much. And that's why I continue to to do these meetings. And I want to face the truth about my stock and trade, the truth about my thinking. Now, I believed everything I thought. I thought it was made sense. It was killing me. I have to remind myself today that when my thinker, everybody has a thinker that talks to them. Anybody have that? Or I'm the only one. Yeah, I have somebody, something that gives me ideas, comes in here and talks to me and this guy made the most profound statement. He said, I've learned to ask my thinker, what is its source of information? And that's really helped me my fear. It's not true. I say, no, it's not happening. God, take it away. All right. And it says we have to do this with our lives. The only thing you're going to inventory in the in the fourth step is the flaws in your makeup. You're going to see the flaws in your character when it's run on self-will. Now, we made the spiritual checklist. It's on the site under Resources of Recovery. The left-hand side has the character of a life run on self-will. The right-hand side has a character run on God's will, and it's God's character that I want to practice. So the steps are really designed for me to be practicing God's character love patience tolerance kindness considerate compassion not practicing my character selfish dishonest resentful fearful inconsiderate impatient intolerant. you can go on you get the picture and the fourth step is the beginning of seeing how the left-hand side how'd that work for you michael no i was full of resentment fear and shame and guilt i harmed a lot of people anybody do that i made a lot of bad decisions And so those are the common manifestations. And then I'm just going to talk about resentment real quick. Resentment, it says, is the number one offender. What does it offend? My relationship with God. It's an offense against God to be angry. You could call that sin. But it's the number one offender because from it, stem all forms of the spiritual disease. And it destroys alcoholics. Why do people drink again? They're angry. They may not even know it, but they're angry. Things haven't worked out. They're bothered. And they know that alcohol can fix that. But it doesn't work. And it doesn't even fix it anymore towards the end. But resentment is the number one thing that separates me from God. If I made a decision that God's going to be my director, I cannot have God as my director when I'm angry. When you're angry and you're in anger, you have no relationship with God at that moment. You've put that, whatever you're angry at has become your higher power. Now, how stupid is that? But I did it my whole life. I made it my high, and resentment is tied to fear because I have fear, so I get angry why do we get impatient at the uh why do i get impatient at times it could be anything because i'm afraid that they don't see that i'm okay i think i'm michael the magnificent and i shouldn't have these impatiences but what i'm really thinking is i'm not good enough and if i was good enough they wouldn't make me wait they wouldn't be in front of me i know it sounds crazy but this fear of a of, of, wanting approval, wanting to be good enough, produces these these judgments of other people and situations. So fear is always related to resentment. And it's all related to being separated from God. And spiritual dis-ease. I'm at dis-ease with the spirit. Now, if somebody has pancreas cancer and they're dying, it's because they have a cell in the pancreas that had some alteration in its uh, and its enzymes and its chromosomes and has become growing and won't stop growing. The only thing to do that is to get rid of the cell. When I have a spiritual disease, my disease is because I in my own mind am separating myself from God and I'm living in the wrong world. I didn't realize that for a long time. The world I'm living in does not exist except in my head. And I believe it's true. The real world is where everybody else lives, where God's the center. I need to be in that world. But no, I'm in my world where people are treating me right. They're not doing what I want. I'm watching all the time. I create that. This man Chuck C. in a new pair of glasses made a very profound statement. We only have one problem as alcoholics. I consciously separate from God and move into a world that doesn't exist. Where I believe all my thoughts. And our solution is to get from that world into the real world where God's the director and I can follow him. And if I'm in that real world where my emotions build up, God says, okay, Michael, come on back to me. Let's get the deal done. Let's use these tools. You get it. And so that's the disease. And, it, and the only treatment is that I don't want to live in that world anymore. Now, when I come in, I don't know that. That's what the four step shows you. You're living in these resentments and fears and shame and guilt, you won't do that anymore. And then once you start to unblock that, you feel better. Ask someone who's done it according to the book, you feel better. Why, because God's coming in and you're beginning to have a relationship with God. And I know today that if I am angry or resentful or judgment or impatient, if I stop and say, God, help me right now, change the way I'm seeing it. Give me love, patience, tolerance, courage, trust. It happens. That's a conscious contact. That's a spiritual experience. Now, why I don't do that all the time. That's because the way we're made. But we don't have to be that way anymore. AA is a great gift. I wish everybody in the world could work the 12 steps. We wouldn't have the conflicts we have. And so I've talked long enough, but we're gonna actually go through the directions for how we do the columns for resentment on Wednesday. Thank you.